Welcome to a new episode of Built on Passion. I'm Drew, and today we're sitting down with Ryan Tolbert, True Color Bandages. Hey, Ryan, thanks for hopping on today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about True Color? Yeah, so essentially True Color is a medical adhesive bandage company that was started and founded in 2013. We offer about eight different shapes, but the specialty, I guess, feature of our product is that they're made to match skin tone. So they're skin tone bandages. Okay, yeah. Well, can you share a little bit about the background and why you guys decided to start True Color? So with True Color, I've worn a lot of different hats. Currently, I'm chief of marketing. Um, Our team is very small, but I think in the beginning days when it was even smaller, back in 2013, 2014, there was kind of just three of us, myself, Toby Meisenheimer, and then Mason. And it was kind of just an idea that was kind of started off just like napkins, just that we wanted to see a product that was more suited towards different skin tones. Myself, I'm African-American. Toby, he is a Caucasian. Mason is also Caucasian. But just with our friends and family, there's just a spectrum of different skin tones. And we just kind of felt like at 2013, why is there no product that's like this? So how did you guys go about developing that product then? There's a lot of evolutions to that, but essentially what had happened one day was like in 2013, my associate, Toby Meisenheimer, he's an adoptive father. So he was playing one day in his backyard with his son. His son is African-American. He is white or Caucasian. And his son is probably about, I don't know, five or six at the time, kind of scraped his knee, you know, as normally parents do. You want to console your child when they come in screaming, even if it's a minor thing or, or whatever it is. But when he went to go to the medicine cabinet, he kind of looked in there and kind of grabbed just the standard bandages you can buy from the box store and just went to place it on his son's skin. And it was kind of like an out-of-body experience for him where he was like, hey, this doesn't really match my skin, my son's skin tone. And I think as an adoptive father, I think for anybody that has adoptive kids, be it they look like them or not, there's always this like um, inherent kind of push or desire to really like connect with your child. And so I think in that moment, he was like really just saying like, hey, there's a little difference here. And I think that just kind of bugged him for several weeks. And that was where we all kind of connected into just starting to see, hey, can we just make this product exist? And at that time, it was really just, can we create an Indiegogo campaign? to see if we can create enough product just to see this exist. And that's kind of how it kind of snowballed their very small beginnings. How did the Indiegogo campaign go? It got a little bit of traction. We obviously didn't meet our full goal at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we raised several thousand dollars, which admittedly was not enough to do a production run. We ended up putting our money, our own money into it. But it was kind of cool to see a lot of the adoptive community and just friends and family and people like that join in. But it was enough motivator, I think, to really say, hey, there's there's enough people here that are interested in this. Let's let's just take the plunge and see if we can do this ourselves. Indiegogo campaigns and Kickstarter campaigns can kind of like go one of two ways. You can not hit your goal and feel like this is not going to work or you can get partway to your goal and be like, well, this is better than nothing and kind of like move forward with your vision. At the end of the day, it's all marketing. And so if you get in buy-in on a platform like that, you'll probably get buy-in when you move into the real market. And that, that's really it. I mean, I think especially if you have more of a mission-minded product, even just seeing that there's 50 people that and us 50 people and 40 of them that you don't know that are supportive of your product, that can really be the real impetus to be like, hey, let's scrap everything we can do to put this together. So yeah. 
what happens next? You guys, you have your Indiegogo, you decide you're going to put your money in for the production run. What does that process look like for a bandage company? At the time, after the Indiegogo was completed, that was around, I can't remember exactly the exact timing, but I think that was early 2014. We had some connections to different suppliers overseas, a few different different places. And at that point, it was kind of just like, let's put the money in to just, at that time, it was let's buy a million skin tone bandages. At the time, we had three different skin tones, like a, a really dark brown, which is our known, normal, known as our purple pack. We have an orange pack that's like more of like a medium brown skin tone. And then there was a green pack, which is more like an olive skin tone. So we purposely made those to fit the hole in the market, which was more on the like folks of color spectrum. All of that kind of was based off of like dermatology scale um, named uh, the Fitzpatrick scale. So at that time, it was just let's get the product here. And by that time, I think it was maybe the fall of 2014 that the product first arrived. And that was where we kind of hit the ground running. Like we tried to see if we could sell it like locally to different shops. At that time, we opened our website and then we started to move product to Amazon FBA. And that's kind of where it began. It was very small start, very moonlight hour operation, but that's kind of how things started. So was Amazon kind of how you guys kind of got your first bit of scale going? A little bit. I think, yeah, for sure. Amazon was a big piece of the puzzle in that the FBA service allowed us to basically ship to those warehouses and they did all the fulfillment. And obviously they have their own search, their own SEO or their own like search traffic. So that kind of exposed our brand. But really, I don't think our brand really kicked off until moments later in 2018 where there was a moment where we had the opportunity to onboard to Target, but then there was also a couple of different moments in 2019 with some viral tweets that caused the awareness of skin tone bandages to go up, and that drove a lot of sales to Amazon. So it was nice to have kind of Amazon set up and really learn that process to allow us to, I guess, also have something complementary to our web store as well. So is that what you guys are selling right now? You guys are selling on Amazon, Target, and then through your website? We've expanded a lot since then. So yeah, we have Amazon Target. We also have like a fair amount of like smaller distributors specific to school organizations as well as healthcare. And in the last couple of years, we've done some larger partnerships with a couple different healthcare provider organizations as well as some different workplace distributors. And then we've also expanded our product line to some distributors in both Australia and Europe. Have you guys built any, I mean, you mentioned you have those initial three color packs. Have you done more color packs and have you like expanded the product line in any way? Initially, we came up with those first three shades to kind of fill the hole in the market. And then a couple of years later, I think it might have been 2017, we came out with a light shade, one that's lighter than typically what you'd see as in a, in a box store, um, just generic band-aids or bandages. To really fit the hole in the market that we also felt that was on the lighter side, especially given that we had a lot of families and a lot of people that were like, hey, we love the fact that you guys are doing some skin tone bandages for people of color, especially in the darker sparker spectrum. But hey, we have a family. We got a family that's like transracial or adoptive. And so we, we kind of want all the shades. We want some things for us lighter folks. And so we kind of created that. So that was our fourth shade. But then we also... In 2018, brought on another business partner, Dr. Ray Rupper, who was actually an orthopedic hand surgeon. He brought us a couple cool new proprietary shapes. Like there's a really cool shape that's kind of like a starfish shape that kind of wraps around your finger or toe. And then there's an H chromosome looking shape that is pretty cool. It goes on knuckles as well. Both of those are proprietary. He developed those with his son, which is actually a pretty cool story. But yeah, those have kind of been the most new advancements other than 
your standard shapes, your circles, your standard bandages, patches, things like that. Jared did a video with the, you guys showing off some of those other banded shapes on our YouTube channel. And it was super cool to see like the, like you said, that kind of the finger shape and then also the, the knuckle, because like those are just like the places that are so hard to get with like a traditional bandage. Those are the exact ones that you've seen in those videos. It's really cool because I think there are times you put on a regular bandage, you put on like a fingertip or a knuckle. And like many of us holes, many of us who are like kind of active, I rock climb. I got some friends that also mountain bike, snowboard, all those kind of different active sports. There's times where it's like, hey, I need to put something on real quick. Having something that has that holding power that's a little bit more ergonomic, I guess. I, I don't know if you typically use the word ergonomic towards bandages, but I think that just it's just a nice thing to have that it kind of holds better. Are you guys working on any new products like that? Yeah, we always have kind of a few things that were kind of under the radar that we're kind of doing product development. I think we're looking to possibly expand into more shades, but as well, we're also looking at other different areas, kind of demoed some products like K-Tape or Kinesiology Tape. We have that right now in a couple of different shades. We're looking to probably expand that into the rest of the shades that we, we have as well. But things that fit more in that space, because I think really what it comes down to with our product is that it's nice to know that someone had thought of you when like the product was created, especially just the fact that there are times where you're, you have a bumper scrape and it's nice to kind of conceal that or maybe not have it so like in your face. So there's a lot of applications where that sits, I think, with especially within the types of tapes and wraps, especially for people that get injured or you just want to cover something. I think things in those categories or areas that we're looking to develop more products. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, um, a couple of years ago, I was in Costa Rica and I, I hit my head and I had a big cut on my forehead and all I had in our med kit was a like bright pink bandage. And there's nothing like walking around town with a bright pink bandage on your forehead, right? Well, having something that can blend in is definitely a big selling point for anybody, especially depending on where the injury is. Bandages are a very small kind of thing in daily life, but it is nice to have something that more closely matches your skin. And I think that's something we're continually trying to work on, thinking about different shades and different things in the future. Because I think it's nice to have. I think it's nice to have something that like makes you feel known. I think it also has a, a unique spot where it's just practical. You just said like you go to a board meeting or you have a particular event you're trying to go to. It's nice to have options that are maybe not uh, superheroes or bacon or like a random neon color shade. So it just makes it like more concealed. All right. So what do you guys think has been the hardest part of starting the business? I think for many businesses, I think a lot of that has to do with capital. I don't need to probably go into that too much. I think everybody knows that businesses require just like the financial capital, but also just like who you know. That's been a big piece. A lot of times with production lines and um, down payments and things like that's always a hurdle. But I think a larger hurdle has been that like skin tone bandages are something that is relatively new to, I guess, the modern market. I know it's an idea that has been tried by people before us, especially in eras that didn't have social media. But admittedly, when you're making a product that's meant to not be seen, sometimes it's a little bit tricky to really do some of the different tactics, either on ads or different kinds of marketing styles to be able to show people that like that effectiveness of the product, especially when it's like kind of can't be seen. That's been a tricky piece. And then I think it's also just been a little bit of the adjustment, I think, in some of the tensions that we sit in right now where people are like already a little bit stressed out because of just the things that have been going on in the world. And I think a lot of times, sometimes bandages are like a little bit lower on the totem pole of <laughs> the conversations, especially when people just want to like just go back to peace. I think Sometimes the front of the company sometimes can feel a little bit more heavy, just that it's, it's sitting in that space talking about, hey, we want to make something that's more inclusive. 
And then sometimes there's that is a little bit of that, that tension that's in the world these days. Having something that blends in is, like you said, it's hard to have something that blends in and also stands out, especially in the advertising space. I know I hopped on your website earlier today. You had a picture with someone with bandage on and I had to look at it for a little while to find the bandage, which is like a testament to your product. But also like it's hard to run an ad saying, look, we have a bandage when you can't even see the bandage on someone's skin. Right. Attention spans these days, like especially now we move more to TikTok, Instagram reels, these really fast motion spaces. It's, it can be tricky when it's like you only have a few seconds to, to show it. Yeah, it can be really kind of inconspicuous and that kind of can take away from, I guess, the connection, I think. So, so what kinds of advertising are working best for you guys right now? I think a lot of our advertisement has come in the side of a lot of brand work, specifically on social media. We've done a lot of influencer campaigns and we've also done a lot of more also kind of older style, like just product giveaways or just like reach out, reaching out to people to give away product. And I'd say that's probably been the biggest, that's been the biggest impetus for us. I think that's opened up a lot of doors through partnerships, through people just getting the free product and it being something that they kind of check out or they have to use it or they maybe put it away and then they end up using it on that kind of created a lot of doors. And I'd say, yeah, that's been probably the one of the, the biggest pushes. But then also just partnerships. Partnerships has really been big for us. Finding a mutual fit, I think, especially within healthcare and also within um, the workplace, we found some really cool partnerships that have been very symbiotic, both where we provide the product, but then they also kind of have the customer base. And through that symbiotic nature, their clients are now seeing the benefits. And so just like that partnership between different industries that are kind of more new to our product and then working with them to either get them the correct images or get them the kind of brand appeal to show to their clients, hey, this is actually something valid you should think about for the workplace or for your organization. That's been a really, really big piece for us. Um, it's a little bit less of like a, I guess, the typical, here's my ad campaign or here's my like email funnel kind of vibe. But I guess really when it comes down to it, it's a little bit of more network slash just a little bit of the ground game kind of marketing, a little bit more kind of on, on the foot. So you mentioned that you guys have had pretty good spike in the past couple of years here. Have you had any issues with COVID production and like stockouts and stuff like that? I think the biggest hurdle with COVID specifically has been more recently. I think there's ten, there's things that came initially with COVID, which I'll talk in a second. But I think and right now, I think the aftermath of that has, has definitely been supply chain issues. It's been kind of more hard to acquire containers or certain products take longer to get here. And sometimes that can mess up the kind of overall flow, especially for projections or when you need to get products. It just takes a little bit longer. But early on, I think, yeah, it definitely made things tricky. Admittedly, we were kind of blessed in that bandages do fit in that category of, I forgot what it's called. Emergency essentials or something like that? Yes, it's an essential product. So we, we were blessed that our product fits in the essential category. But I think early on in COVID, there was just a lot of times where people weren't going out, people weren't really ordering some of the products the same way. And so there was a little bit of dip, but I think once people kind of realized, hey, we're going to be actually at home for a while, I think that was one of the pushes that actually made our product come more readily available because people were just needing to order it. Obviously having an, a product like yours, when you're standing in in the store, the grocery store or whatever, and you're grabbing some bandages, it's just whatever's there, you grab it. It's like, I don't want the waterproof one. I want the waterproof one, whatever it is. But yeah, when you're at home and you can shop online, it kind of gives you that ability to kind of shop with more purpose. And I think that's probably where you guys will shine there. Especially with kind of everything that kind of happened in 2020. There's a lot of pieces that happened in 2020. I think one benefit for us small businesses is I think with that ability to, like you said, purchase online brought also 
customer awareness to do a little bit more research on brands and where they come from, what are they about with the environment, what do they believe in. I think as our brand is more on the missional side of things, it allowed people to kind of really be, hey, I actually, that's kind of cool. We didn't know about that. I didn't know this existed. And I think a lot of people began to support us, especially just off of our diverse ownership and then just story and what we're providing. That was a, a blessing and a benefit in disguise. So what advice would you give someone who wants to start kind of like a very mission driven company today? Uh, don't be afraid of starting small. Admittedly, I think if we look back at our 2014 selves, where we sit is nowhere in our minds from back then, to be honest. I don't think any of us thought we would be running a multi-continent enterprise that sells skin tone bandages. Like I think that's just, even that statement, I look at that, it's kind of really random. It's a blessing though. It's really cool. It's a cool opportunity. But I would say, yeah, start, don't be afraid to start small, especially within your community. Because I think what's blessing is that for every good idea that someone has, there will be people that support it. And typically those beginning supporters are your most loyal ones. And so if you can really serve that community and serve those people, many times that message can then be transported and can snowball into something much bigger. So I'd say, yeah, don't be afraid of starting small, starting your website, starting something more on the grassroots crowdfunding style. And I think a lot can happen from that crux. That's the that's the best place to start. Well, before we wrap this up, I want to give you a chance to kind of plug the company and tell everyone how to find you. You can find us on our website. It's uh, truecolor.com. We're also available in select targets nationwide. We're also available on Amazon. Um, we're doing a lot of expansion work. You may see our products in many um, different first aid kit cabinets in a lot of workplaces around the nation between our collaboration with a, a company called Centos. They've been great with us. We also have a partnership with a company called McKesson. So you'll probably be able to find our product more for the healthcare sector. But really at the end of the day, I think really, I think what we really want people to know is that we believe in the beauty of individuality. And that's the reason why we created our product. We just believe that it's nice to have a vanish that's less noticeable. When you go to your board meeting or you are just doing activities, there's a celebration in each individual skin tone and finding something that more matches a skin tone naturally. I think it's a real blessing just to, one, celebrate the existence of that, but also just the practicalness of sometimes it's just nice to be more focused on the individual than neon colored bandage that's on someone or a superhero. But hey, if that's something you want to do as well, I think we're open just that there's choices in the market. That's really where we sit in today's space. And we're excited to see people continue to hear about our product. We just hope that everybody is, is blessed by that. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. It was great talking to you today. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Built on Passion podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are still listening right now, you need to leave a review. Like seriously, if you are committed enough to listen to the outro, then you must be a fan and we would love to hear your thoughts. Be sure to share this episode with a friend who's thinking about starting a passion project business. And as always, tune in next week for another episode.